The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water and water life science. For over 11 years, we've been coming on the air with the most wonderful guests from all over the world, all the different countries with different specialty backgrounds scientific facts, uh, all in the science and technology research about what is happening to our planet. And it's so startling to me that the infrastructure of the planet should always be first priority anywhere on the planet. I don't care if it's the European continent, the Middle East continent, the North American continent, Wherever in the world the continent is at, the number one priority should be water. And I will teach you why, and that's why this show. Why would water be a priority over anything and everything? It's because water wars started thousands of years ago. The conflicts were always because... The water issues, individuals wanted to be dominating water. They instinctively didn't understand really why they wanted to do it. They were taking a common sense direction of why they would want to dominate the water source. But people have to realize there's more behind water than the obvious, and that's why. I am the founder of Biologic Aqua Research, and all that we've been doing, the millions of dollars that we've put toward this, is to teach the planet Earth it's the water always has been that began the planet. You would have no life if you didn't have water, because you are water. The planet is water. The air you're breathing is water. Everything is water. Everything. That invisible air that you're living in, that you think that is clear and, and you don't think you'll drown in, even though it's water, guess what? It can drown you. Because of the word dehydration. And I've taught you this from the moment you were born. You are evaporating water loss. You personally... As an individual, every leaf, every worm, every flower, every living thing that is born reaches out to the atmosphere 
and it's water vapor. Every living thing evaporates water from the moment it is born. The moment it reaches that air of the water vapor, that moment of your life, you left the pocket of water of your mother. Nature had a plan from the beginning, and it all fit together with calmness, all together fit it, to fit together with being slow as it began to understand why it would reach to the way it was providing a development of the future. Everything goes slow. That is long-term good planning. The earth taught us that. So billions of years ago, as it began to develop, it went slowly to get where we're at. The challenges we've run into is the water is in a crisis. We haven't learned anything, I swear to you. And I blame many organizations that are out there running around making money with grant money, with foundation money, contributions. They're making tons and tons of money. But water is not, has not been brought up as a number one issue. If all those billions of dollars, and that's a years of past and trillions, to be even fair, the money, where did it go? How many people got rich over the description of global climate change, global warming. And everybody that I talked to that's an authority said, it's water is the issue. Water in the water vapor of the air, the water on the planet, the water that we live with every day with the soil. The soil is water because it's a living species. Aquifers are a living species. Water is a living species. It's an organism. Where have we been? Are we that selfish? And we don't mind life to death? Is that common? That the planet Earth can go to death in billions of years thanks to the fact that we didn't put water as a priority and we made our pocketbooks money more important? in our own personal gain, it, it, it's just startling. It's, it's mind-boggling. It's barbaric. A lot of people don't have time every morning to get up and think the way I've done and, and many of you do, to think about the scientific facts and the technology of what we can do to save our planet. Let's start looking for those cures for those diseases. Water, discovering life in water can save lives, our planet, and the breathing, your breath of life. There's so much to learn. And to be fair, I have to tell you, I've tried my best to look at why the United Nations hasn't been solving it. Tons and tons and tons of money flying out the door hasn't solved it. Over in Paris, the Paris Climate Environmental Plan, they haven't been thinking about it. It's the water issue that is a problem. And if they put the priority water, maybe the people on the ground that are not involved would become more attentive to what can be done and new technology could be invented. And that's where I come from. 
new technology is so exciting. We say putting people to work. We say creating new uh, jobs and new businesses all over the world. What could create more business, more technology, more excitement, more exploration, entrepreneurs than discovering new methods of technology and water to save our planet, to save lives, to find cures of diseases in the water, to be able to do what one of our guests said recently, to if the soil is done correctly with the plowing, you don't need as much water. The technology is there. We just need to practice it and allow the inventions to begin. That is exciting. Go to Facebook and look up uh, water. I care about water. And you're going to find some exciting new startling benefits. Iran officials have been warning water crisis could lead to a massive migration out of Iran. Haven't I told you years ago that in the Middle East, those countries that are not putting priority water are going to be sitting there and a lot of problems with uh, barbarianism, I'm going to call it, because they didn't put a priority for their citizens first. They put their priority for themselves politically first. And that will be one of our subject matters today. Today we have Dr. Larry Bedwa going to be on. And I will, Dr. Bedwa is a conservative commentator and a social and political, with social and political views of the day, former businessman, technology executive, college president. He lives on an Arabian horse farm near Washington, D.C., and he's made it his focus to educate people, to give you another side of where he comes from on conservative views. We're going to listen to our sponsor first. Nature's Tears I Missed is now in China. Years ago, I was asked by ophthalmology research if I would study the surface of the eye. The surface of the eye, as they taught me, is 99% water. That water on the surface of the skin, on the surface of the eye, is your whole electrolytic ability for your eyesight to be healthy. When you were born and that eyelid opened, that 99% water began to be like a battery. What happened along the way, it began to evaporate too quickly. It's out of control. Each individual's lifestyle and choices and where you live and more is over-evaporating. So we did create a supplement, a supplement to be able to miss the eye. Now it owns patents all over the world in dry eye. What is dry eye over-evaporation of water? Not the eye drop, not anything else, over-evaporation of water. So Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the first application benefit to be able to supplement. And those of you that wear cosmetics like I do, it doesn't drip. It actually softens the crow's feet and, and, and be able to work with it moisturizing with water, the eyes around the eyes and the eyelid to assist the eyes to maintain, hopefully, a percentage of water at your fingertips. We'll listen to our sponsor, the tissue culture grade of water and just a mist. And we'll be back with Dr. Larry Fedwa. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Kedwa, are you with us? I am indeed. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, let's tell our audience a little bit about you, your background. And uh, what's your focus has been? Well, I have a uh, great deal of variety in, ba- in my background. Uh, I started out as a high school teacher, and I became a college professor and a college dean and then a college president. And then uh, I uh, went to uh, Control Data Corporation and became the uh, director of international projects for, uh, particularly for Japan and uh, the Soviet Union at the time. Uh, then I started a company uh, in Washington, D.C., which was a uh, federal contractor specializing actually in contracting. And uh, we did that for a long time, and we also did some joint ventures with the uh, Johns Hopkins School of uh, Public Health and uh, and uh, also the uh, National Education Association, among others. And uh, then, more recently, I've uh, I've taken up a uh, another career as a uh, columnist for the Washington Times. And uh, so that's uh, and I still uh, love my Arabian horses. Uh huh. Well, how long have you been in with had Arabian horses? Since I was a kid. <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> so, did you? Where did you grow up at, Doctor? In uh, Lansing, uh, outside of Lansing, Michigan, on a okay. farm over there, and we. I now live in Clifton, Virginia, which is. Uh, a, I have a small uh, horse farm here uh, near Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm coming from today um, a direction that you and I can educate people how to think in the middle. And I've been very much into the thinking of the political arena, let's say, since I was young. I'm 75. And by the way, excuse my voice, I've had um, a problem with my voice 
I've had some laryngitis. But anyway, um, and I've been conservative. And um, I'm very much excited about what President Trump is trying to do for our country, including the rest of the world, of what he's trying to achieve, open-mindedness with people, the way they choose to live in their own countries, and the respect of other people in our country to live. But he knows, doctor, you know, that everybody has to have safety, they need their health, and they need some prosperity, but they need some peace to go with it without barbarianism or demonstration of bullying. Um, So where are you coming from today to teach us about what you're thinking about? What's going on here? Let's start out with our country, and then we can move around the world with some thinking. Well, I think what's going on in our country is uh, the revolt of the of the masses. <laughs> We're uh, we we, uh, we elected a president because he was uh, dedicated to doing a, a different approach to government than we have had in the last uh, most of the last generation, and. Uh, he is being mightily uh, opposed by every uh, entrenched interest uh, that you can imagine, uh, and uh, which is finding its voice in the press. And uh, the press does not like the fact that they are not uh, being considered the prime interpreters of what's going on in Washington. That's that has been their career, and that's where all of them have made their their reputations and their money and everything else. And now all of a sudden, they uh, they're wrong. They have been wrong about a lot of things, including uh, who is going to win the election. And so they've really turned against uh, against Mr. Trump, which is uh, unfortunate in a way, but also predictable. And as but I think, in, in spite of all of that, uh, he's been very busy and done a lot of a lot of things that are very important. Uh, Doctor Fedua, don't you both think that possibly President Trump, because of his world that he's come from, uh, I was listening to somebody the other day, and I've stayed in the old Commodore way back in time before he changed it. It was horrible. <laughs> We had a plane that couldn't go to Europe, and they put us up in the Commodore. <laughs> do you remember the Commodore? <laughs> I must admit I do not. Okay. Well, the Commodore Hotel was next to Grand Central. And, oh, uh, oh my God, it was horribly old and uh, awful. So I told my husband, oh, my God, we had three children with us. And I said, can we get out of here? And he said, no, because... They're taking everybody to the airport on buses tomorrow morning. (laughs) So here comes this Donald Trump. And he did something in New York that just shocked everybody as a young man. He turned the Commodore into one of the most beautiful hotels on the planet next to Grand Central. He began his career with his father, I know, but 
the young, the man is a young. There was nothing he didn't want to accomplish with a lot of hard work. And he is so busy, I believe, and you can answer me. I think he's too busy. Sure, he takes a twit, Twitter approach to kind of have fun. And somebody was saying the other day, he knows it as a CEO of a big company. He knows exactly everything he's doing, but he's too busy to be paying any attention to the people and uh, and the different ones who are frittering around, uh, trying to get his attention. Um, he's busy. Have you ever seen Doctor Any President hit the ground like a racehorse and be that busy? Um. I think he has definitely uh, been uh, hyperactive, and uh, I must uh, take a little bit of uh, umbrage with your with your statement that he doesn't pay attention to the opposition. Uh, I, I think he does, and uh, that's of course his whole tweeting controversy. But well, no, what I meant is, is have you ever been involved? I know you have with your background. That people want your attention that are competing against you or trying to test you. And there's been a personality out there for thousands of years to test. It's a personality to test people who are so focused. And it's just an almost uh, compulsion, emotional, uh, and spontaneous to do it. Um, I know, but I believe he's so busy they don't realize he takes a notice, but because I find myself in what I do, and I'm sure what you've done and others have done. If you're focused, yes, you notice, but you're too busy to be so distracted that you're not on a focus with some discipline. Uh, that's what I meant, Doctor. Oh. Um, because he's done too many things that were so unbelievable in the city of New York to get accomplished with all the unions and all the government and all the people and all that he had to do and try to get along and get the accomplishment done, do it in a manner that it doesn't throw money out the door uh, spontaneously so you're spending way too much money because people are distracting you to spend your money. Uh, He, for me, and what I do, and what I'm thinking, I was listening to the CEO the other night, and he said, Trump is not the person that these people are trying to point out that he is. He's got another side. He's got this side. But now back to us in our country. Where do you think this is going to go? Because we got to think about the people in the neighborhoods with those kitchen tables. Well, I, I think that, that the, the major revolutionary uh, perspective that that Trump has brought to the White House is the fact that he is a businessman. And if you're in a business, uh, a businessman looks at another, say for another company, for example, for uh, an acquisition or uh, some kind of partnership, you look, first thing you want to see is the budget or when you're taking over a distressed company. And that's what he did. He looked at the budget. He sees we have a $20 trillion deficit. I mean, uh, not deficit, uh, national debt. And so what do you do? If you, you, the first thing you do is you say, well, we have to increase revenue and decrease expense. 
And you look at that budget, you say, nothing is sacred, nothing. And uh, when he did that, uh, he found a, a whole slew of sacred cows, yeah. uh, starting with NATO, where the NATO people didn't, uh, the other members were not, have not in 50 years, have not been uh, making their own contributions as they said they would. And we've been picking up the bill. And uh, the whole, in fact, that's true of the entire, the entire period since 1948. Uh, the Americans have actually, we started out as the, uh, the only people in the civilized world that, that really had a, a thriving economy, mainly because we didn't get attacked or bombed out like uh, Japan and Germany. And uh, we, we, we took the expense for 50 years including not only the uh, nuclear shield that we didn't charge for, uh, but also for the so-called free uh, trade, which was free for everybody but us. And we had, uh, nice. and he, he, took, he took the position that we just, we, we simply cannot, we can't pay back $20 trillion uh, by, by going along with a socialist state, is what, what, which is what we had, or we're getting to anyway. No, it was socialist when you're thinking about so, um, taking care of the rest of the world at our expense. That's right. Uh, yeah, that is socialism. Uh, well, you know, uh, Doctor, uh, when you were talking there, I always, did you hear earlier I said our neighborhoods and their kitchen tables? He got out and got to know those kitchen tables. And, you know, I've always looked at every person who lives in the United States as a shareholder, they live in their country as a shareholder. I don't care if they're standing on the street with a tin can. They live here. They're participating. They're a shareholder. The President of the United States has got to look at every single person as a very important business person because they're part of the shareholding of what we're trying to accomplish here. So when everybody can have a better kitchen table and be able to thrive and have, let's say, a vision of some nature, that's their choice, and how they want to thrive is their choice. But our leaders are elected to make opportunities, as like I said earlier, safety first. Well, for me, it's going to be water first because that's priority to your health and the health of your air you're breathing, then you need safety from barbaric demonstration, bullies, and people to harm your vision. Your health is priority. And then you need to have prosperity available if you want it. Maybe you don't want it. And then some peace to go with it. Those leaders have got to make priorities to that. And as you heard, I want water at the top, of course, because if the water isn't healthy, diseases are already out of control, as you know. But um, back to... Um, I, think that, I think that one of the uh, interesting things about Trump, and you sort of alluded to it before, how come all these working people voted for him? And they are, they're his, his main constituency seems to be the middle class and the uh, the working people, 
And how, how, how could that have happened? Here's a billionaire who doesn't have to even uh, drive his own car if he doesn't want to. And I think the answer is that ever since he was a kid, his father took him out to the, to the building sites. He grew up and has ever since been talking to the guys that play the steel and build the walls and run the trucks and so on. He's been talking to those guys his whole life. And that's the person why they who dug, dug the ditch, the person who had to do the cleanup, the person who was the electrical, the uh, people who make things happen, shareholders. And he understands without, that, without those people. Him. Yeah, you're right. Right, he did, and but that wasn't on purpose. That was his instinct because that's where he comes from. You know, I've got to tell you one, Doctor. Um, I, my yep. husband and I have been married for uh, 53 years. And way back in time, we got, in our 20s, invested in real estate. And as we were investing, we had to have certain things done. I put the overalls on, go out, and dig the ditches with the road crew, the city crew, the county crew, as maybe the only woman, yes, to get the job done, too. Uh, we, I found myself maybe chairmaning the charity ball uh, on Saturday night. Um, I've been modeling. I could go out and be in a fashion show and do what I... But I was a working person. And I remember one time they were having a dinner at the conference board, and I got a call, and Bill and I were in a big white truck taking some products down in Southern California to uh, go to radiation, and we're in the medical field. And Bill was driving, and I was in there. I got a call. Are you going to be at the conference board meeting this week? And I said, no, I'm in my white truck. But I said, give me time. When, I, when, we get, when, we, when the time comes, I'm going to drive this white truck, doctor, up in front of where the conference board black tie dinner is going to be, get out in my gown and Bill in his black tie, and have American entrepreneurs on both sides of the truck because everybody's kitchen table is an entrepreneur kitchen table. They have to figure out how to make ends meet. And if they don't elect leaders that are supporting those ideas, they're going to be having what happened in the last few years. They're not going to have a chance. I know our company just had to come through the worst recession in time, and we were sitting in thousands and thousands and thousands of drugstores as a small research center. We are part of that. But back to you and your thinking, uh, what do you think these demonstrators and this focus of bullying, and I call demonstrators bullies because they're not sitting in a room trying to call a conference meeting. They're wanting to break windows and have emotions of, of impulsive behavior like, a, like they did in Japan when they went to war and, and Europe when they went to war. There was an impulsive behavior that people thought this is the way to do it, is to fear people, make them mad. What is your thinking about it? Well, I wrote a column on this that was about I, uh, I uh, divided the uh, opposition to uh, the Trump uh, movement in three, three uh, categories. One was 
the true believers, the second was the pragmatists, and the third was the anarchists. The true believers are people that basically are representing a, a, a whole, a really a whole new culture that was uh, symbolized and personified by uh, Barack Obama and uh, was basically a, a socialist view of, uh, of the way the government ought to operate. Doctor, we take only one break in the whole show, and they just told me my, it's time for the break. And then we're going to come back, and you're going to educate us about those three things of what your evaluations are. Uh, Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with tissue culture grade of water, with just a mist, uh, announcing to everybody we're now in China and be going on the Internet and looking to where you can purchase Nature's Tears Eye Mist to be able to supplement the evaporation and dry eye. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Dr. Federwa. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Fiora, you were telling us about three things. And if you could do that again, and we could go through each one that you believe is uh, something that should be evaluated. Yeah, well, I was saying that the uh, uh, the way I divided the opposition to uh, to uh, President Trump was in three categories. One is the true believers, and I believe the the true believers really represent a, a very elite view of the world, including uh, they tend to be internationalists. They don't take uh, nationalism even in the, even in terms of the United States of America very seriously. Uh, they also believe that diversity is really the fundamental uh, uh, value of, uh, of society, and particularly of government, and diversity of all kinds, whether it's uh, the sexual or the, uh, the religious or, uh, or, or any other. There are thousands of other diversity and transgender. They, they believe that the... This is really a primary value of 
society, and they truly believe this, and they think their idea of utopia is to have government run everything and everybody to be really equal, and if you if you pursue it far enough, you find a, a very good description of communism. But uh, they really believe this, and, and I, don't, I don't question their, their motives. I think they're sincere. But uh, they, and, and by the way, this includes a lot of the press, uh, a lot of, uh, very uh, strong in the academic world. Uh, it's a kind of an elitist group that uh, has taken over our government for eight years, and they thought they had won. They thought that now everybody, since they had been uh, imposing their, their will on the rest of us, that we all now agreed with them and that their work of uh, initiating a new society was completed. So Do when, you believe that that's close to Marxism rather than just the word it's, communism? It's not specifically... People are confused out there in the neighborhoods at their kitchen tables. Because yeah. they're working hard all day. They don't have time to go be a bully, uh, so, to be threatening to people. They're working to, to make ends meet, like a shareholder is trying to make a con- con- company, a country, successful. Um, are, for what's best for everybody, not just for themselves. But these are the people that ran America for, for eight years. And when they lost the election, they were absolutely dumbstruck flabbergasted, terribly angry. And so that's, that's really one of the major uh, fountains of the uh, opposition to Mr. Trump. Second group, I think, is what I call the pragmatists. That is, people that don't like Trump, they don't like his policies, they don't really like uh, him or the people he stands for, but if he if he can pull if he he's in charge and if he can pull it off and get what he get done what he's talking about, they will they'll eventually go along. And I put the this is the political class. Most of the most of the political Democrats that we see are I think are pragmatists really. If if uh, if the Trump uh, agenda begins to become very popular and and people are. Uh, uh, convinced that this is the way to keep get reelected, then you'll see them start to mellow. But the third group is what I call the anarchists, and these are these are people. These are really crazy people. They uh, they are. If you look at the Black Bloc uh, group, for example, that they've been around for a long time, but uh, they these are a bunch of usually young guys that get all dressed in black and they go into these these uh, demonstrations and they start violence. They start burning cars and raiding stores and they tr- try to turn a demonstration, peaceful, what was uh, really a peaceful demonstration into a riot. And they've been very successful in, in Ferguson and Baltimore and uh, Berkeley and so on. But these are the people, they're just mad at everybody, and they don't, they don't really, uh, they're against Trump because he happened to be there, but they're, they're basically against uh, the whole American society. They started way back in the, in the 60s with the uh, radical student groups. Right. But anyway, that, that's the way I, I categorize the, uh, the uh, opposite. Okay, let's take a behavior of history, uh, historically. In Japan, 
when the premier was able to get people behind him. And they began to go in and attack China viciously, raping, um, and getting away. Their people didn't do anything um, because of the dictator and and the, and the, the, the ruthlessness. And let's just say the radical person. They had lives happening that they liked. They didn't want to disrupt their own life. And they allowed that person to go do that. And then when our president said, you can't be treating China that way, you back off of China. So they came bomb Pearl Harbor to show us a thing or two. Over in Europe. I would interpret that my husband's, my husband's from Holland. He was there during the war. People didn't really fight against Hitler in any of those countries. The beginning. They, he got away with it because he showed that ruthlessness. He showed almost the three things you're talking about here. He became an anarchist. So did Japan. And so did the Middle East radicals. They're trying to show the world, and now you, can, can, you correct me, trying to show the world that we're anarchists. We have ideology. We believe that our heaven should be your heaven. And your kitchen table belongs to us because you better think our way are going to burn down your neighborhood. You won't have a job when we get done. Um, what do you think happened in those countries that was so different than this bubbling over here, Dr. Help me with that. It isn't just a bubbling going on, but it can become out of control where these people in their neighborhoods with these beautiful children, beautiful children, that are affected by having to watch these people be extreme and then look what's happening. They blame it on social media. No, it's the bullying that they see the extreme bully get away with it. The premier of Japan was a bully. Hitler was a bully. All these different people around history were bullying people and the people that sat back and let them get away with it didn't take a stand as they should have. They let them get away with it. Um, I look at what Trump's trying to do to help our military, and he's very much for the FBI. He's very much for the uh, Central Intelligence. He's very much for our men and women in blue. He, he's so into the people that are there to protect us. He believes in borders. Everybody should have borders. Uh, doctor, when you go to bed at night, do you lock your door at your home? I do now. You believe, in a bo- you believe in a border. And anybody who doesn't believe in borders, I bet they're leaving their doors unlocked. Because they don't believe their home, their place of living is a border. But anyway, back to your outlook and all you've studied, 
how do you evaluate this bubbling that's going on with this extreme ideology in our country and allowing these people to come with all their ideology, too, to mix in? What is your evaluation of that? Well, as I, as I said, uh, I think there are some true believers, and then I think there's some people that are basically in it for the money. Uh, there you go. Yeah. And uh, the uh, as far as the immigration situation, is that is that really what what you were asking about? Well, let's just say out there in the world, if people were loyal to their table, their kitchen table, and I want personally every home to feel like they're in the business of their kitchen table. They're in the business world too. They're entrepreneurs. They have to make ends meet. That's entrepreneurish. And when something challenges it, you've got to figure it out, right? You've got to figure it out. We always get these surprises at the kitchen table. So what I'm saying is, is what we're trying to learn is loyalty and, 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 and working hard for our loyalty. But there's a border and then those borders to our country are who we are per state. And, Doctor, I've often looked at our state, how genius that is. Our forefathers divided us into all these different states to have borders, loyalty to where you and your kitchen table are at, loyalty to how you want to prosper, loyalty to competing in capitalism, but to per state. And that was a genius because we didn't even have to go across the ocean in those days to think that way. We did it per state. And, and in the barns that were built, they didn't say your barn's going to be better, bigger than mine. I'm not going to help you. They joined in to help people build barns. It was a different world then. Today, they're jealous of the barn. And it's who's making the most amount of money. And you're right, it always comes back to the coin, the jealousy, the resentfulness, the anarchy is jealous of who's making what. And they're not thinking about that kitchen table, that person at that kitchen table, and that person at the kitchen table is so busy during the day to go to work, do what they have to do for their home, their family, as an entrepreneur family. And I think that's what the families need to hear. Every single one of them is an entrepreneur. And don't allow anarchy to disrupt you. If you have to, join your own organizations to where you'll outvote them, outpace them. And out of, you and I came from a world called outclass them. Because class means you're going to be fair. It means you're going to have some good manners about how other people are living too and be respectful to their dignity and their prosperity and let them vision, let them hope, let them dream, but don't make fun of them. That's where I'm coming from. Well, I, I guess uh, not many people would disagree with that. And where do you come from about uh, all of that? Uh, well, it, uh, <laughs> um, I, 
just a little. It's it's so your uh, your concept there is so multifaceted. It's a little hard to uh, to respond to. But uh, basically, I think that uh, I think that the subject, the a lot of the angst and a lot of the uh, uh, discontent that we have today uh, will be solved if we can get a strong economy back because the people are. They're making money, and their their jobs are secure, and they're uh, they're having fun. They're not going to be out in the streets demonstrating and worrying too much about uh, what uh, what the next guy is going to do or what the government's going to do to them. They'll, and I, I that's why I believe that the uh, the principal challenge of this government and this society at the moment. Is really economic and financial. It's it's not uh, it's not as ideological as a lot of people are as the far left would like us to think. It's it's not really ideological so much in my opinion as it is uh, the the uh, desperation that many people have felt over the past uh, eight or ten years by by losing their jobs and not being able to get. Another job uh, that is anywhere near what what they were used to making and having to they're being cut because they had Obamacare. You couldn't uh, if you if you had more than uh, 20 29 hours of uh, labor in a in a particular company. You had to uh, they had to pay a big a big uh, health care cost. So they were cutting you, and it's just been very 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 difficult for. The middle class uh, in this society for the last, uh, really, the last seven or eight years, and when the people, when people get hungry and they get bored and they get desperate and they get uh, worried about everything, what what is going to happen to me, to my children, to my children's children? Everything looks bad. I can't get a job. I have to go on unemployment. The unemployment runs out. And that, that, that is very, very stressful. And people then t- start looking for, for radical solutions. I, uh, you mentioned uh, Germany in the 1920s, but that's really what, what led to Hitler, because the people got so desperate that uh, they, they, they were willing to accept uh, very radical solutions. And I think if we, if we continue, if we were to continue without having the kind of economic uh, base that we are have become used to and that we expect that uh, uh, bad things can start happening here too. They've, in fact, they've already started. What we really have to do now is to pull ourselves back together and, and work our way out of it. And I think that's what the current administration is trying to do. I, I wish they would have a little better support from the Congress, but... Uh, I think that'll come if uh, if they can stick to their guns. Yeah, back to our um, Congress and our Constitution. I always look at everything uh, that I said today is built into the Constitution, that that table in that neighborhood, um, to be able to thrive per state, per city, per county, per government, uh, under that wing of guidance from the government. But uh, back to uh, what, what is going to probably need to happen 
is that group that are supporting President Trump need to keep getting together in those huge buildings and showing the world that they do care about their table and that people that have been running like the Congress, their table for a long time without thinking about them. They say they think about them, but are they really thinking about them? Because almost everybody who leaves office becomes wealthier when they left office. Yeah, these career politicians, you know, the main thing they worry about is getting reelected. Because, you know, that's their their career. And that that is not what the Constitution had in mind. They had a citizen government. Right. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I think think the only solution to that is uh, term limits. But, you know, we'd be expecting the very people that would be uh, term limited (laughs) at best. So it's not very likely maybe that's going to happen. But uh, Well, we have uh, about a minute left for you to be able to tell the audience where you come from and where to find your articles, because you do a lot of articles, I guess, in the Washington Post. Washington Times. Washington Times, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, there's a big difference. <laughs> the Washington is a difference, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, from the Washington Times, uh, how do they find you? Well, uh, I'm uh, in the uh, community section of the Washington Times uh, two or three times a month, and my website has uh, that all those columns plus uh, other things, and that is uh, my www.mypoliticalinsights.com. Okay. And Twitter is Lawrence Fidoa at Lawrence Fidoa. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I'm not too I'm not too hard to find if, uh, if there aren't okay. too many people people with the name of Fidoa that uh, come yeah, up. Yeah, I'm going to have to spell it for them. It's F E D E W A. Correct. Right, Doctor Larry Fidoa. Yeah, try what Google. What kind of name is that, Doctor? What background well, is that name? It's uh, it's a uh, anglicized name. The original name was Vidua, V-I-D-U-A, which is the Latin word for widow. And okay. uh, went to Germany where they were considered Vidua. And uh-huh. then came over here and they took the Viduas and Viduas to, decided to transliterate the name to Fidua, F-E-D-E-W-A. So we did that with a, my husband from Holland and... I said, nope, we're going to call it Kleinex, spell it the same way you spelled it in Holland. <laughs> I took off. But I want to thank you for today. And are you a father? Do you have children? I do, and grandchildren. Well, have a happy Father's Day this next weekend. Well, thank you very much. And I much. bet they're all going to be trying to ride some horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm sitting over here in Oregon, in Grants Pass, Oregon, in southern oh. Oregon, and we have a lot of horses around us out here. You have a nice day and a good weekend, and you be well, Doctor. Thank you very much. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we're out of time. I want you to embrace your life every single second. It's worth it to you and to everyone around you. Embrace theirs. Earth is whispering, though. Never say goodbye. Don't take anything with you. Leave it all behind for immortality for you. I thank you for listening. And you be well.
Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.